This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the call. We're gonna have some, we're gonna have a little bit of fun today as we get everybody let into the webinar. I'm gonna ask my team to go ahead and and uh, promote those of you who are on the call. Maybe the first forty or fifty as panelists, so you can turn your video on. You know me; I always like to talk to some smiling faces rather than uh, blank screen. So if you if you get asked to come to video, I've learned that you'll be you're a lot more uh, focused and attentive when your video is on because you get to see what we're doing and we get to see you. So turn video on and let's go. Hey, Tara, nice to see you. Well, hi, Taylor. Hey, Burl. All right, let's keep let's keep letting folks in. We got a bunch of people on the call. The numbers are growing. If we invite you to be a uh, panelist, just say okay. That way, you can turn your video on. And then, what you want to do is in the little in the little dots by um your view just click on speaker view and that'll put your speaker view on good morning jill hey janice nice to see you Jill, good to see you remax is in the house i promise we're gonna have a little bit of fun today we're going to talk a little bit about emotional intelligence we're going to talk a little bit about artificial intelligence we're going to talk about what's going on in the marketplace and how do we how do we become a skills-focused team and brokerage? Here comes Amy with her video. Oh, how about Andy? I think Andy is, if, if you're Amy, then that's a great beard, Amy. It's Andy. Nice to see you, man. How are you? Close enough. Good, good. how are you? I'm doing great. Love the microphone. You'd like to really throw it around on a serious podcast. Yeah, I have too much stuff in here. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm calling from my home office today. I'm at the tail end of the Rona. So I got COVID while I was in Vegas last week. Doing okay? So we're, yeah, I'm doing great. Good. You know, I thought I was fine. And then I was at a birthday party for my little granddaughter and had a piece of birthday cake and it tasted like nothing. I'm like, something's not right with this. I guess it's not allergies. <laughs> <laughs> so tail end though, I was, it's been about a week. So I've just kind of stayed away from everybody. Well, let's jump in and get going. I appreciate y'all being here today and jumping on the call. We're going to we're going to get in. I'm going to uh, share my screen with you uh, the way I have to do this because I'm in the, I'm not in my regular office it is a little bit funky, but it's cool. I've got to move my. Um, I'm going to move my chat and also my. toolbar to this other screen before I hit play. Otherwise, Zoom takes over my life. And last move of screen. All right, now let's turn it on. Okay, so we're going to talk today, and I can still see you. I can see you on this screen, but I'm looking right here. So 
when you see me go like this, it's because you're in different places. Um, how is emotional intelligence and artificial intelligence transforming teams? And I'm going to talk about both those things today. Um, as I get going, if you wouldn't mind for me, let's just let's just kind of get used to how the chat bot works. Go into the chat and just say hi and where you're from, and let's let everybody know who you are and where you're from. Uh, I think it's always great to see who's interested and who's engaged in uh, skills development right now, because that's what's happening. Uh, Janice from Michigan's here. Uh, there you go, Amanda from Alabama. Gilbert's up. Gilbert, Arizona's in the house. Houston's here. Excellent. Northern California. What's up, Robert? All right. Okay, so um, as we talk about AI and EI, when we talk about leadership, I think that one of the biggest gaps that's happening in our industry right now is that we have real estate agents who have found themselves in a position where they're now being leaders. And no one's really developing or teaching them how to be leaders. They're, you know, you've gone from being a great realtor to now all of a sudden you have a team or you were a great team and now you have a brokerage and you're in this position where we have to have, uh, where we have to be leaders. And there's not a, a lot of great um, content that is specifically focused on developing leaders. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about what people want and what do they want from their leaders. And then I'm going to tie it all together. The problem is, is just because you're not good at sales doesn't automatically make you a good leader. Um, leadership is not something you've heard things said like, well, they're a born leader. Well, I think that you have may have attributes that leaders have when you're born, but great leaders are not born, they're developed. And if you really truly want to be a great leader, you have to make a decision at some time in your career that um, you want to work on personal development, actually becoming a great leader. And I think that... I think that when we talk about leadership development, it doesn't just affect leadership in the workplace, but it affects leadership in your home, leadership in your church groups, leadership in your sports teams. When you work on yourself as developing as a leader, what happens is, is it has an impact in every area of your life. Because leadership, in my opinion, is synonymous with service. And so the greatest leaders are not the ones who, who tell people what to do, but the greatest leaders are the ones who learn how to change other people's lives by serving. And I think that that's a big deal. And so um, we know uh, what brokerages and teams really want. And most brokerages and team leaders tell us that the biggest problem they have is that their leaders don't communicate effectively with them. And or as a leader, you're trying to get them something. I mean, OK, let me ask you all this. How many times have you done this? How many times have you said, I wish they wanted it as much for themselves as I want it for them? I mean, have you ever said those words? Andy's nodding. It's like, oh, I want I want I want it more for them than they want it for themselves. And uh, I've learned as a leader that you can't. It's not physically possible to say, let's. To, to try and want something more for someone they want for themselves. You have to understand who they are and what it is they want, and then put yourself in a position of trust so they trust you. This is kind of where our market has been, and this is where we're going. I, want, I, want, I don't know if you've seen this. One of our master coaches, Mike Koch, developed this concept, and it's called the trust. It's, it's basically um, the skills-based market. So I want you to think about who this person is in your life. So we have the planners. The planners will spend a lot of time they might be the high C's on your on your disc profile. They spend all this time going and trying to figure out what their plan is. They do a detailed plan. And because they have moderate skills and moderate action, because their plan is so well um, is so well defined, they're able to get a certain level of production. 
The other person in this is the hungry rookie. They don't really have a great plan and they don't have a lot of skill. They just get out there and they get busy. They've been in an action-based market. And so a lot of action with limited planning and skills is able to do a moderate amount of business, probably the same amount as what might be happening with the planner. The, the top producer is different. And so our higher performers, the ones that have been through a downturn that were here in 2008 to 2010, they have learned skills that you can't teach in a book. They have a higher level of skills. And because they have a higher level of skills, it requires a, uh, a less defined plan and moderate action to get the same result. So it, let's just say your result is two deals a month. The planner is going to have a massive plan with limited action and a moderate skills to get to two deals. The rookie is going to have to have lots of actions, open houses, knocking doors, doing all the things, trying to get anything. But the top producer, because they have a higher level of skills, is able to get to that same two transactions with a moderate plan and limited action. This is where the average agent falls in. The average agent, and this is so many of the people that we're leading, so many people in our brokerages, so many people in our offices have moderate skills. That, you know, I don't know if you know this, but if you've been in the business like less than 10 years, you don't even know what it's like to be in a balanced market. Think about that, let alone a, a challenging market. You don't even know what it's like to be in a balanced market. And so you don't know what to do. So you have moderate skills, moderate plan, and moderate action. And then you have this huge void, what we call fake work, where we pretend to be busy, but we don't actually do anything that moves us closer to our goals. We have moved where it's not okay anymore just to run around doing a bunch of things to what I call as a skills-based market. We have to take that void of fake work and we have to implement skills development. We have to be better than any of our agents have ever been before. We just have to flat do better. So I want you to think about what are you doing with your agents? What are you doing with your team? What are you doing yourself? to increase your skills so that you can compete with less action. And what's happening in your life where that void is or that fake work exists, and what are you going to replace it with? Because if you leave it there, I mean, here's here's what we know. Have you ever, um, man, I don't know if you've ever felt this way. Have you ever felt like you're driving down the road in first gear and you've got to 10, then 20 miles an hour, then 30, then 40, then 50. And you feel like if you go any faster, the engine's going to blow or the wheels are going to fall, fall off. It's like you're going 100 miles an hour in first gear. And at some point, you have to take your foot off the gas, push in the clutch, and shift gears. When we shift gears, it allows us to go at a higher level of speed with a higher level of ease. That's what skills development is. Is when you get really good at something, you're able to perform at a higher level of speed with a higher level of ease. Let me give you some numbers. So this kind of goes back to what a skills-based market looks like. Now we track everything. And Don, it's good to see you, my friend. I haven't seen you in a while. Um, we go back to 2019, it took 167 calls to get a closing. In 2020, it took 134 calls to get a closing. By 2021, it was 127. That's when we were at the top of the market. Fewer activities, same result. In 2022, the number went right back up to 2019 numbers, 165 calls to get a closing. And so far, year to date, we're averaging 222 calls to get the same closing. You can't do the same things you did in 20, 
21 and hope you're going to get the same result in 2023 because the numbers don't add up. You can't do the same effort and hope you're going to get the same result. I like to say that um, massive action creates massive results. So what do agents and teams really want? You know, in our in our study of the impact of real estate teams, we asked and we said, what do people really want from their broker owners, from their team leaders? And this is what people this is what they want. They want to know they can grow. They want to they want to know that they can grow and there's opportunity. When somebody leaves their broker, they leave their team leader. It's because they no longer see an opportunity there and they feel like there's something more for them. They want guidance in uncertainty. I'm going to pause on that one and just let that sink in for a minute. The brokers that thrived during COVID are the ones that gained clarity, that gave clear direction. They want to be in an environment of production and a culture of people that have each other's backs that are producing. Environment and culture were everything. And they wanted they want self-development ongoing training. They want to be continually growing. Um, and I think that that's a big missing gap right now is the skills development. They also want to have a life. Today's agent is no longer focused on real estate being their life. They want to have other things in life, especially when you start looking at the millennials and the next in, in the next generations, is they don't want to be all about work. They want to be at work and be focused and be good at it. And when they're away, they want to be able to check out. That's why teams have become so prolific. They also want the right coach. Uh, we're seeing this massive shift into coaching right now. And the type of people that are coming to coaching are very different. Uh, they're not people who need to be motivated. They're looking for tactical, clear direction, not a bunch of hype. And it's interesting we do these coaching consultations to listen to what people want. Look, I know who I am. I know where I am. I know I need help. These are the areas where I have gaps. Can you help me? Those are the questions they ask. And they're not looking for the rah-rah motivation, run around the room and yell affirmations in the mayor. They're looking for the right kind of coaching. And I, if you don't have the right kind of coach, it's time to get one. Um, and they're also looking for leadership, training, and development. Leaders want to be developed as the leaders. So when we talk about growth and opportunities, we talk about how to gain life balance, clear direction on how to scale, how to build your team and create leverage. Um, how do we generate new streams of income? And this is not just for team leaders, but also for team members. Do I, should I get into vacation rentals? Do I do property management? Should I add a pillar on new construction? I've got 20 or 30 different ways of adding pillars or, or revenue streams. And we just have to figure out what interests you. And so you're able to focus on those things. As a broker owner and as a team leader, here's the clear guidance that people want. I'm going to just give you kind of my checklist. If I were, if I were uh, coaching you, Andy, right now, and you or I were in a coaching session, the first thing I'm going to ask you is, okay, what do you have in your tech stack that is duplicated? So what are you paying for where you have multiple things? Are you are you getting KV core through your brokerage, but you're still paying for follow-up boss? Um, you know what I mean? So I'm going to ask those kinds of questions because we want to eliminate things where we have duplication. And the, and the questions I ask are, is this a must-have, is it a should-have, or is it a could-have? Think about that. Is this a must-have? Is this something I probably should have or is it something I could have? And I eliminate the could-haves. And then the should-haves, I ask if there's duplication and see if I can combine them. And the must-haves must are non-negotiable, like you must have MLS access. So what to cut and where to spend? Financial intelligence. Uh, we've created a series of financial intelligence tools done. You haven't even seen a lot of the stuff we have today, but we have like 
financial benchmarking for different sizes of, of teams and brokerages. So you know how much should be spent in marketing, advertising, payroll based on your size of revenue and the number of transactions you're doing. Financial intelligence isn't something that so that people talk about, but we focus on it. Matter of fact, I like we'll talk about your gross closed income, but at the end of the day, I always want to know what the net is. How are we, what's the net income and how are we getting more financially? The next piece is how do we really message to the market? What are we saying to the market to get people off the sideline and re-engaged in buying and selling? And then, of course, they want lead conversion strategies. But lead generation is a non-issue. We generate millions more leads than our house is sold. So we have to figure out what are we saying and doing to have a higher level of conversion. And then consistency and clarity. During uncertain times, people want consistency and clarity. When I say consistency, this is what I mean. Daily huddles every single day, five days a week. Daily success habits, daily prospecting, clarity on our messaging. It's the activities we do daily that create this culture that people want to be part of. When you allow people to call in or work from home and they don't have to show up for a huddle, what happens is, is they start to get disconnected and you leave them on their own to figure out what they should do next. And people need leadership. I don't know if I can be any more clear than that. They want development during uncertain times. All right, so poor leaders, and poor leadership tends to, uh, focus on breakdown in communication. You have the inability to retain members. We overwork because we don't delegate. When able to leave production, you can never stop selling houses because your people never produce. And, uh, and, and a lot of that comes because of your inability to delegate. And then you have constant stress and anxiety. Oh, does this resonate with anybody? Like, are my talking points today? Are you, is this, am I hitting a nerve with anybody? Are you feeling this in your own business or life that, you want to be able to uh, delegate or let go. You want more consistency. You want to eliminate stress and anxiety. Like, is there anybody that's like, yeah, Verl, go to your uh, comments and just kind of tell me, because I want to make sure that I'm giving you messaging that is important to what's going on in your business and life right now. I really want to help you. And I believe that these are the things that I've seen with so many teams across the country. We coach hundreds and hundreds of teams. Hold on just a second. I didn't mean to hit stop on that. All right. So really quick, I want you to go into chat right now and I want you to tell me the one thing you're using artificial intelligence for. How are you using AI in your business right now? Let's talk about AI. What is artificial intelligence to you and how are you using it? I'm going to stop my share for just a second. We're going to have a little bit of interaction. There you are. Hey, everybody. Okay, so Kirk says he's using uh, ChatGPT to help him write. How you doing, Kirk? Nice to see you. We're creating emails and text messages, generating blog content. I love that. Writing property descriptions. Laura, I'm seeing that a lot out there. Andy, you're not using it that much? Okay. I'll tell you, so um, we're using it a lot, and we're using it a lot of different ways. Okay, yesterday I had a conversation with my assistant. She's all over the place, yet when we are uh, not getting anywhere, we bump it up, grow team, increase production spinning. Okay, Tara? Don, you're not using um, uh, you're not using it much at all? Just started to explore. That's why I'm here. Okay, so <clears throat> let me give you an example of some of the things you can do inside of um, artificial intelligence, and then I'm actually going to – um, I'm going to show you a demonstration of some of the things we're doing at Workman with artificial intelligence and things we haven't even launched to the public yet. You guys want to see behind the scenes a little bit? 
let me show you a little bit of like what what the crap's really going on out there. <laughs> okay. And so artificial intelligence is kind of interesting. Here's the concept. Artificial intelligence is, um, here's what I believe it does. Artificial intelligence levels the playing field. It used to be somebody with a heightened level of experience and knowledge would have an unfair competitive advantage in the marketplace. Today, anybody who knows how to ask the right questions can compete at the same level of knowledge because what chat does is it goes to the world, asks the question, and comes back with a whole bunch of knowledge that when regurgitated gives you a fair a competitive playing field. So artificial intelligence levels the playing field. It's actually kind of crazy. Uh, we use it for uh, social media, do property descriptions. Our VAs are using it. We use it to write content. Um, let me just, I'm going to open up a window here. I might get in trouble for showing you this, but it's okay. I used ChatGPT um, a couple of weeks ago to write a Sunday school lesson. It was awesome. I was teaching a bunch of youth in a Sunday school class. And I says, okay, we're, we're teaching about parables. I said, write a parable that would appeal to today's youth about the dangers of the internet and how to avoid them. And it wrote the entire parable for me, just like it was written in the New Testament. What well, was fascinating by that, it, written in, it wrote it in a language that the youth resonated with. And when I taught the class, they were just like sitting on the edge of their seats because it was using technology that they use. There's a couple of uh, schools close to me. One's a public school, one's a private school. And I know the principals of each. The principal of the public school, I said, how are you dealing with, with artificial intelligence and chat GPT? And they said, oh, we're doing everything we can to make sure we keep the, the students from cheating. I thought that's an interesting way to look at it. I asked the private school principal what they're doing with it. And they said, we're doing everything we can to make sure our kids know how to do better research so that their papers are well-written and well-researched. I thought that was interesting. One school is saying, how do we use it as an advantage to give our kids ahead? And the other one is, how do we protect our kids from cheating? <clears throat> it's not going anywhere. Artificial intelligence is not going anywhere. Okay, let me bring this up really quick. <laughs> Now, I'm going to show you a few things that are, and I'm hoping this works. I shouldn't do this live without knowing how it's going to, to end, but I'm doing it anyway. Let me go to my share my screen. Okay. All right. So this is Workbench. Now, Workbench is our proprietary coaching platform. This is where we coach all of our clients and everything in there. And you'll see this little thing right here called Burl Beta. So it's going to load here for a second, maybe. There we go. Just because I'm doing it live, it stopped. Let me load it really quick and then I'll show you. Maybe they're doing an update. Okay. I'll ask I'll ask um, Brittany to just reach out to John and see if they're doing an update so I can go in there live. And then you can uh, chat me back. We do that, Brittany. Okay. I'll go back to my deck. 
I'm going to come back to this. And I'm going to show you a few things. The problem with artificial intelligence is this. When you ask a question, it goes up to the world and it, it sources all of the data, whether it's truth or not truth, and gives you the most likely answers. And oftentimes it's correct and sometimes it's not. For me, what happens is when a workman client says, hey, when's a good time to hire a buyer's agent or how much should I compensate someone? If you use chat GPT with it, it goes up to the world and it gives oftentimes incorrect answers. And so what we want to do is we want to create an artificial intelligence engine that only has actual accurate data so that when you query something or you search for something, it answers it in, in best practices of workman success, clients, and coaches. Think about that. If I take my content and I put it up to chat GPT, it then takes away all of my rights to that intellectual property and gives it to the world. And then however it comes back down, it might have Burles and Tom Ferries and Mike Ferries and Brian Buffini's and everybody else's content mixed into it, and it becomes confusing. And because we don't want that, it looks like I'm loading here. So let's see if. Okay, I'm going to go back and try this so I can show it to you. So we've built this. Uh, we've built this really cool engine. So let me show it to you. Let me click share. Screen two. All right. So this is called, this is our, this is our workman success um, internal chat engine. And this is basically, it's built on chat GPT. But we've taken all of our content. So let me give you an example. Um, we've got we've done a team study. Anything that does a team study, we've set up talking teams, which is when I'm talking about teams and how to structure compensation, whatever we can do that. A team leader playbook of like when do you add a buyer's agents? How do you hire a assistant? Where does that show up? Uh, down here we have um, Coach AI, and this is really um, a coach's playbook. So when my coach is coaching someone and somebody has a question. It goes in and answers, you know, how, however we want that answer to be. And so inside of the, let me fix my view here so it's not so huge. Okay, let's have some fun with this one. So I'm going to use the shift. So the shift is a series of modules that we wrote to message to the marketplace using artificial intelligence and um, emotional intelligence. One of the shift modules is called the interest rate offset. So I'm going to say using um, interest rate. Create a social campaign for each social platform. I include, and I want to do a 30-day. So what it's going to do is it's going to go into my shift module where we've created a story on the um, interest rate offset program. And it's going to go in and it's going to say, okay, are you ready? I'm going to start. So here's the reference. Here's the sources it's going to reference. It's going to reference the checklist. It's going to reference the assignments. And now it's going to say, okay, here's your 30-day campaign. Now it's saying it and it's actually saying the voices of it. So it's saying on Facebook, this is what you're going to do is your, is your post. Here's your solution. Here's your stay tuned. Here's your hashtags. On Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, it's going to give you different posts. 
It's going to tell you what to do days one through seven, days eight through 14. And then it gives you a resource link back to where that actual assignment checklist and resources that it used. How cool is that? Um, now, you can go back and you can edit and do whatever you want to in this, but I'm going to show you something that will blow your mind. How many of you have are in markets where uh, some of your clients are bilingual? So now let's just say it in Spanish. And so I will take that same thing. And now it's going to take that same description and it's going to take that same campaign. It's going to translate it into Spanish for me or German or French or whatever language you want. This is a small example of the power of artificial intelligence inside of a controlled environment where we can write where we can write to it. So let's go back now and let's pick something else. This is a brand new one. And Andy, you're on my screen. Um, check this out. So we know that if you practice scripts and dialogues, that when you're with a client, you can focus on what they're saying instead of what you're going to say next. And so what we've done is we've created a role play bot with artificial intelligence. So now what I'd like to do is um, to start, I'm going to say, it says, when you're ready to start, the bot will give you a list of questions after. So I'm just going to say start. And so now it's going to say, okay, what do you want to, it's going to ask me what I want to role play. It says, okay, here's what we're going to do. Before we start, I need some information from you. What's the perspective of the client? What's the situation? What are a few objections? And what's your objective? To set an appointment, how hard do you want the role play? So uh, the perspective of the client is looking to buy a house for 50K. The situation is interest rate. Too high. The objections are the same as the objection. And let's see, want to wait. Want to wait until they go down. The objective is to now it fixes my it fixes my objective and it fixes my spelling if I want it to, or it'll just do it. It's just that the appointment and difficulty. I want to attend means it hangs up on me. I want to do a um, difficulty of seven and hit submit. So now what it's going to do is it's going to go through, it's going to think about all of those things. It's now going to create a script. It's going to say, okay, great. Let me summarize the situation. You're a potential buyer interested in purchasing a house. So let's start the role play. So the the role play bot is the buyer. I'm interested in buying a house, but I'm really interested about interest rates. I think it might be better if you wait. What do you think? And I'm going to ask, have you heard about our interest rate offset program. And they're going to say, no, I haven't heard about the interest rate offset. Can you tell me more about that? I'm not sure I want to commit to anything if interest rates are that high. So now I can go through. I've had 15 and 20-minute conversations with the bot where I continue to give them solutions and they give me problems as we go back and forth trying to solve in a role play. So the role play bot is going to be one of our things that we launch at Leverage this year. So uh, if you haven't registered for Leverage, you want to make sure you come to that conference because we're going to be showing you all of these things. We also now have access to so many other things. If you want to know what Verl would say about something, you click on the Verlism bot, and you would just ask him about what Augmandino would say about the scroll, and it will give you all the Verlisms. 
Okay, let's jump back into the deck. Let me let me just pause for a second. I'm gonna go to my chat real quick. People are asking questions. Okay, uh, Sandy says is um, if everyone starts using Chat GPT for things, the content will end up being the same. Or there's so much information, it's always different. It's always different. Uh, you can even ask it to redo what it says. It'll give you a different response. What we're trying to build inside of our AI engine, or what we are building is, we're trying to control the environment so you get the best right answer. And because of who we are, we plug into the wisdom of our crowd to get all of our content. So it's instead of it being Vril's opinion on what's great, it's what are the top agents in the world doing to get to that result? And I'll show you some of that. The one big thing that um, artificial intelligence does not have is what we call emotional intelligence. And so artificial intelligence lacks the ability to have empathy or to feel emotion. And so when you include emotional intelligence with artificial intelligence, all of a sudden it gives you an unfair competitive advantage. So I want to talk a little bit for just a moment about what artificial or what emotional intelligence is. Um, I don't know if Kathy's on the call, but Dr. Kathy Greenberg is one of our guest speakers at Leverage this year, and she has a PhD in psychology and works with the special forces, with the CIA, the FBI, the Navy SEALs on incorporating emotional intelligence into the way they defuse situations. It, she's an unbelievable mind and is one of the co-authors of Emotional Brilliance. Um, she said to me that emotional intelligence Artificial intelligence without emotive, without emotional intelligence creates dysfunction and high risk. I think that's really interesting. If you want dysfunction and high risk, use AI without EI. So what is emotional intelligence? These are the tools or the skills that people have when they are focused on emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is self-awareness, self-regulation, empathy, your social skills, your motivation, your empowerment, the adaptability and conflict resolution. There's a tremendous amount of resources and and um, there's tests and there's studies that help you kind of identify areas where you are and where you need help. I believe it's the Emotional Brilliance Academy that Kathy owns that where you can go in and get some of those resources. Emotional intelligence is about creating connection. And you can't do that with artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence gives you words but it doesn't give you connection. Um, I love this picture because this picture, to me, it exemplifies everything that connection means. It means that you're connected physically, emotionally, heart and soul to that person that you're with. We lack emotional intelligence in so many of our interactions because we're trying to manipulate somebody into buying or selling our goods or services or because we're trying to talk them into joining our team or our brokerage. But if we stop focusing on the words and start focusing on the connection using emotional intelligence, then artificial intelligence becomes an unbelievable, powerful tool. So I want you to think about what's going on in the marketplace today. If it's not positive, we don't hear it. Like if you're hearing about the fund raise, the, the feds raising interest rates, um, anything negative, you see it on CNN, CNBC, Fox news. It's constantly negative news. And the consumer today is getting fed with everything negative. And so what are you doing as an agent, broker, team leader to, to become the source of good news to the marketplace? When people see stuff like this, they get stuck. And the, um, the emotional feeling they have 
keeps them from moving forward. How many of you would honestly say that you have a, a bunch of buyers and sellers that are sitting on the sidelines, even though they need to buy or sell? They've pulled back and they're waiting because of uncertainty in the marketplace. Do y'all have people like that? I see Andy and Janice nodding their heads. Okay, so emotional intelligence. I want you to look at this. This is the emotional intelligence wheel. And so when you look at a when you look at emotional intelligence, so if somebody is feeling something like fear, it sometimes shows up as horrified, nervous, insecure, terrified, um, helpless, panic, hysterical, worried, anxious, dreadful. Like that fear is this whole series of emotions. And these are all the different ways they get played. When you want to move somebody that's in fear to surprise or happiness, then you have to use other words and phrases in your dialogue that moves them from being nervous to enthusiastic or from being terrified to being cheerful. We have to change it from being scared to feeling peace. And the only way you do that is you use phrases when you're creating your dialogue and your messaging to the marketplace that get people from being stuck and pausing to being engaged and at least interested in moving forward. This is a big deal. And so our writers at Work With Success and our, 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 our emotional intelligence and our artificial intelligence working together have spent a tremendous amount of time creating what we call shift modules. These shift modules take a threat that's happening in the marketplace, they create a connection or communication style using emotional, using the emotions wheel. Then they build a system for it. And then they create a resource and they create a script. And that's how we message to the marketplace. You want me to kind of take you through this, show you how it works? The purpose of this shift program is to resurrect dead leads. You get buyers and sellers that are stuck and sitting on the sidelines, re-engaged and moving forward. And they're designed to gain market share. My personal belief is that when other people pull back and they're sitting on the sideline, that is when I want my people to go in and take their market share. We don't create any new business. All we do is take other people's. And when people are sitting on the sidelines, that means there's a tremendous opportunity. And I'm talking about agents and brokers and brands that are making these wild predictions about how everything's going to crash. It's going to crash for them. You know why? Because we're going to take their market share. Because we're not going to sit idly by and watch how people don't sell. People are going to buy and sell real estate regardless of what happens to interest rates. They always have. We just have to make sure that they're going to choose us to do business with. I don't know. Is that too aggressive for some of you? Um, I hope that it's not because it's how I really feel. All right. So let me take you through the interest rate offset. Let me show you how this works. So, so the, and I'm going to give you this, by the way. So I'll give you a down. You can actually, there's a QR code on the bottom of my screen. You can just grab that. I'll give you a copy of some of these um, uh, shift modules so you can use them. So the interest rate offset starts as a story. It's a story of about a realtor who has a buyer who, when they came on the market, rates were 3.5%. Now they're at 7.5%. And so the buyer is pulled back. And during this conversation, the story, and I always challenge you to read the story out loud with your agents and team. As you read the story out loud, what happens is, is they get emotionally stuck. And that the realtor finally figures out that there's a way to communicate with this buyer that they can offset as much of that interest rate as possible. And then we create a tool. So we create, and this, I'm going to give you this too. The tool is the interest rate offset system. So it's a spreadsheet that works in your Google Docs. You put in the purchase price, their down payment. 
you put in their year term, where rates were when they first came looking into the market, where rates are today, and then it calculates. Now, so if I were doing this with you, Andy, I would say that um, if Andy were my client, I would say, Andy, I'm going through this, and you know, you were at two, you were at uh, four, four and a quarter percent. Now we're at six and a quarter percent. The difference is thirty-five thousand dollars over the next seven years. My job as your realtor, and I'm not promising you I can get all of it, is to get as much of that difference over the next seven years offset as possible. We have multiple ways of doing that. Tara, we can go in and we can do it by uh, doing an interest rate buy down. We can ask for seller concessions. We can get the builder to do upgrades. There's there's all kinds of government programs and first kind of housing uh, incentives that are out there. And there's obviously the, the negotiation of the property. My job as your realtor, when we go in and start looking at properties again, is to understand that the offset difference that we need to set over the next seven years is 35000 and get as much as possible. If I can offset as much of that as possible, would you continue looking at property to see if we can find one that your family likes? Sarah, give me a yes. He's like, yep. Okay, good. So that's how it works. You got to be careful with a couple things. Number one is I don't promise that I'm going to save them all of it, but I'm going to do everything I can to save them as much as possible. And number two is use real numbers. And so then we give you a script. Here's how you role play it with your team. Here's how you role play interest rate offset. And then, and then here's what your assignments are when you go out to do it. So create your social media campaign, start posting things about it, and then start telling stories of your clients who you save money with. Um, we, as we're writing these, we have employees in our office that have literally gone in and done their first time home purchase because of the interest rate offset program. We have another one called, uh, let me show you. I think I have that on my next slide. Here's some of the different shift modules. I'll just kind of explain some of these to you. These all use AI and EI to come up with um, the threats that are in the marketplace. And then we give them a tool or a resource and a script to be able to deal with it. The river of real estate is kind of how it all starts. And the river of real estate describes that um, people buy and sell real estate, not because of what's going on in the marketplace, but because life events that occur. They get married, they get divorced, they upsize, they downside, kids move in, they get a new job, they lose their job. People buy and sell real estate because of life events that occur. Your job is to give them information that, that lets them know you know there's going to be listings on the market and there's going to be buyers on the market regardless of what happens to interest rates. And so the river of real estate gives you data to communicate that to the marketplace. I explained the, the, the interest rate offset. Um, the, the, uh, another one would be the new construction advantage. The new construction advantage is awesome. It's 18 things and 18 reasons why you need a realtor to represent you when negotiating with a builder. The builder's agents aren't looking out for your best interest. They're looking out for their own. And this is your, this is how you can go in and give your buyers an advantage in new construction. How many of you know of builders right now, they're getting crazy incentives to get buyers into their subdivisions. Like they're doing it because they've overbuilt and they've overpaid and there's all this inventory right now. So builders are looking to sell. The verified contingency sell program is brilliant. It's um, as a listing agent, I would use it. So when an offer comes in, I would say that before we before we recommend whether or not we take a uh, contingent sale, I have a verified contingency sell program, which is the checklist. And if the offer qualifies and all these things that we check off, then we go ahead and recommend you move forward with this verified contingency sell. If I'm a buyer's agent making an offer, I present my offer with the verified contingency sell program built into it. 
And so I use it both as a buyer's agent and a seller's partner. The call to arms is understanding how to use arms. Stop, drop, and save is about uh, buying rates down and doing different, different things you can do with it. There's We have, I don't know, there's 18 or 19 of these different shift modules. And so what we try and do is we practice and we role play and we do scripts and dialogue so that anything that comes up, we have the ability to overcome that threat in the marketplace. And there's actually a, a module on teaching you how to do that. Okay, so now let's talk about um, technology and innovation and what's happening with technology and innovation. So what I've done is I've kind of talked to you about uh, the leadership challenges, what people want. We've gone to a little bit of AI and how Workman is looking at AI and what we're doing to make it easier for our coaches and our clients to be able to get access to accurate information using artificial intelligence. I've shown you a demonstration of how we're using artificial intelligence and emotional intelligence to work together to create better messaging to the market, to get people from one negative emotion to a positive emotion. And now I'm going to share with you just a few things on um, artificial intelligence and what it really is. And so I probably jumped ahead a little bit, so that's okay. So AI is the ability to go in and ask the question, what's Verl's favorite scroll? This is what it gives. It gives you a Verlism. I will form good habits and become their slave. And now it tells that, and, and now it tells you that the 61 points of rhythm are going to be the tool, the resource that you use with that. Retention to me and keeping people inside your team and in your brokerage utilizing these tools to me is golden handcuffs. Golden handcuffs means that you have adapted and you're providing the highest level of tools, technology, and training. You're creating stories of wins and victories and you're celebrating those as they come in and events. Uh, can I share, can I tell you, and you should all write this down, events drive revenue. Events drive revenue. And taking your agents to the right events where they're in an environment with productive people that are doing things, they're taking market share and they're growing is game changing. If you're going to the wrong kinds of events where you're talking about mindset and motivation, it's probably not going to change the output of your team. You want to create a culture of productivity. Agents want to be part of a culture of productivity. Hey, Kirk, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to come off mute for just a minute. Kirk Weisler is our, um, he's not only a good friend of Workman Success System, but he runs our team games at our leverage, leverage conference. Kirk, how much is culture and environment? How much does that play into recruiting and retaining people on teams? How much is culture and the right environment, how much does that play an impact on teams? So I was fascinated. You began this presentation talking about, uh, you gave that list. You said you interviewed these people. This is what they want. And your first item on that list and your fourth item were the, essentially the same thing. People want to grow. They want to be a part of something where they grow. In other words, the number one thing isn't money. The number one thing is, am I, having, am I, am I becoming more valuable? I mean, if you can create that in your culture, that's phenomenal. So another thing that comes to my mind is when you talk about retention, my, my brain's blown up. I remember working in the industry of the, of contact centers before we sent them offshore and contact centers, outsource ones generally had a hundred percent, sometimes 200% annual attrition. So if you could create a culture that had 17% attrition, right? Uh, and you're competing against call centers that had a hundred percent attrition, all of a sudden you're not spending money on recruiting. You're not spending money on training. You're not spending money on lost productivity while you're training. Retention is this huge value. Gartner and Forrester said to replace a fully engaged operational member of your team cost at least twice their annual salary. 
And so look at all the resources you're wasting as far as time development. What, what, anytime you have to bring someone in, if you can retain somebody, right? And if training, right? Well, that's what I hear you saying in skills development and offering people training. So they feel themselves becoming more valuable, more capable, increasing their confidence and their clarity about their role. And man, why would I leave this place when I'm becoming so much more uh, valuable to the marketplace? I can feel my increase in value. So that all that creating a culture of growth is such a dynamic part of of creating a culture that's going to help people to stay and stay engaged. So I, I love everything you're talking about. Well, I, j- I appreciate your insight on things. Craig, uh, Kirk is the director of culture. He's the chief morale officer. People bring him in when they have a culture that's at, that's like falling apart and they need to solve it. And so Kirk, thanks for being, I, I just appreciate you being here. Thanks for being on the call. I may come back to you and ask you a little bit about what we're doing at leverage, but we'll get into that here in a minute. I'm going to go back to my share screen here for just a second. So we talk about creating an environment and culture that um, that wins. And for me, creating an environment culture starts with building a set of core values. Uh, one of my teams in Calabasas, California, that does 250 plus million, um, we sat down and we talked about what it is that was important to them and what are your core values. And he says, our core values are easy. They're the four backs. I'm like, well, what do you mean? He says, we have our clients back. We have each other's back. We have our communities back and we have our families back. I love that. Like the four backs, it's an easy way to describe your core values. If you don't have a set of, of clearly defined values that everybody on the team understands and can articulate clearly, then it makes it really hard to get people to do difficult tasks. So when an agent, I'm going to just think about this for a minute. So Jill, if one of your team members or one of your agents says, um, you know, I'm doing everything I can to follow up with my leads. And then you go in and you look at their lead follow-up and you can see they're not taking notes. They're not making phone calls. Their, their speed to lead is slow. Do they really have the client's back? Do they really have each other's back? And do they really have the team's back? If they're not doing and they're not following up with people, it's like violation of every one of the core values. If you say we're going to do a daily huddle and Every day we're going to come in and we're going to look at our daily success habits and we're going to review whether or not we're getting them done. Um, and agents don't show up for the daily huddle. Do we have each other's back? When we promise we're going to prospect every hour, every day for an hour so that we can earn the money that our family needs to be able to play competitive sports, to be able to um, live a better lifestyle, the vacation the way we want to, but we don't come in and we don't prospect. How does that have your family's back? When you make the commitment to do something, you don't actually do it. By setting your core values and then by understanding how to apply the core values in messaging where you have challenges on your team, it changes everything about the the dynamics of your team. So I'm just going to encourage everybody to like, seriously, I've got to change my view here. There we go. Um, It it changes everything about the way we interact with our team. So, you know, the four backs, everybody that works for Workman, when they get hired, they're given two plaques. One has Augmandino's 10 scrolls and the other one has our core values. And every Monday we go over and we have a different employee talk about that core value and how it, how it, how it affects them or how they view and see it. It's not just something we talk about so that we have a good thing on our website. The purpose of the core values, it's the thread that holds the team together. It's the common thing that we utilize to keep everybody together. So. Let me go back and review. I want you to create a series of core values and make sure everybody knows what they are. 
and that you're dedicated to incorporating them into your culture. Having a culture based on a set of values is why people will stay. They stay. People don't leave teams. They leave leaders. And if your leadership doesn't include your value system and having a value system that resonates with the people you lead, you're going to experience high turnover. Right now, there's tremendous amount of, of, of turnover in the real estate marketplace. Everybody's looking for a better place because they're not getting what they want from their brokers and owners and brands. And you get that by having a great coaching, by having great training, by having a great culture, by having a clear set of core values. Kirk? I, I just have to... Brill says things so fast that I just, I just feel like I want to just put an exclamation mark. So Brill said, yeah, having core values, but the, the thing that Brill referenced as, as far as an example, I think is the key element. Having core values is great, but it, but breathing life into them and making them part of a continuous ongoing discussion. So that you're always talking about them. That's how they become part of your cultural DNA. So that, that Monday meeting, it, that's the, that's the magic. That's where we talk about what does this look like? What does it feel like? And so it's that, it's that daily or that weekly indoctrination. So repetition is the mother of learning the skills. So that's the cultural DNA is the discussion about the values and the, I just think that's key. So that was it. I, no, I appreciate that. And thank you for, thank you for reiterating. Sometimes I do go really fast through points that I want to make. We just need to keep cranking through them. Right. All right. So the next thing is, is who, who is it? that is coaching you who's your coach i know some of you are workman success clients and we appreciate you being here but i want you to ask the question is is the coach that i'm with giving me the right direction that's helping me message that's helping me grow it's helping me gain market share in today's marketplace you know it's interesting in so many markets i hear people are down in north carolina i think the market's down 25 or 30 percent let me share with you the premier team in 2018, they were doing about 330 sales for about 106 million in production uh, when they hired a workman. 2019, they went to 362 and one point and 117. By 2020, they were at 135. 2021, they grew to one uh, to 230 million and 6.2 million in GCI. In 2023, when their market dropped, they grew. They're on target to go to 40 million and have an increase of an increased number of sales this year. Why is it that some teams in a market that's going down are going up? The difference for me is that they're implementing. And this isn't the biggest, this isn't the biggest impact. Um, in 2018, they said their money was tight. Most of the production came from the four team leaders. Life was out of balance. They didn't have specific roles. Uh, Cleve Gaddis is their coach. And he said they helped us figure out who was going to be the CEO, who's going to be the CFO, and who's going to be the COO. They've implemented systems and processes, and they've gone in and they've not only doubled, but they've grown through acquisition. The coolest thing they'll tell you right now is, is that they've gone from two and a half million to seven million this year in commissions. They're number five on teams in the U.S., and the production done by the team leaders is less than 30%. So instead of 90%, it's now less than 30%, and they're growing. So what do you think is happening to their life balance as they grow? What's cool is when the market's going down, they're growing up. I um, I love Lindsey Vaughn, who's been a lot of fun. She has the American Dream Team in Texas. And in 2021, she was at 223,000 GCI. In 2023, in a market that's flat, she's expected to double. She's gone from three buyer's agents to a full productive team in less than four months. The game changers to her is that she has all of her agents sign a document that says, these are the 10 commitments to be on my team. 
And they commit to doing daily success habits. They commit to doing daily huddles, role play calls, and the things that are required to be on the team. And if you don't sign it, you don't get to be on the team. She went from being struggling as a broker owner to being very profitable as a team leader. And I don't know if anybody else struggles with that, but you know, it makes a difference when you're getting the right advice. Um, these are some of my favorite people also in Texas, and this is the Spencer team. And 2018 at 200,000, 2022, 1.2 million, and they're continuing to grow. What's cool about it is, is the team leader over time has continued to release control to not only his family members, but his team members. And so their game changers, they'll tell you, have been the strategic plan, daily success habits, the agent training in, in buyer agent mastery, listing agent mastery, and SLAM, and the use of um, unusable land. They figured out where there was a niche in the marketplace that nobody was solving. And they specifically, they went to a, a, a what's called an RLI conference, and they learned how to use this land. And they took their knowledge to change the use of a property, build their dream home, build their office in back of it. And when you talk about them, they don't really like to talk about how much they're selling. They talk about their lifestyle and the deer that are on their property and the things that are happening behind the scenes. And it's really fun to hear about, you know, the, how their life has changed so much. This all happens by um, getting engaged with people who are making a difference. Uh, we're doing a conference in October. It's the 26th through the 28th. If you haven't already registered for this, can I challenge you to do that? I'm going to make you a personal challenge right now that events drive revenue. And if you want to see your revenue grow, this is probably the most important event that you'll attend in the next couple of years in your business. At Leverage, we have some of the best speakers in the world, not only participating and sharing content with us. We have Kirk, who you heard from a little bit today. We have Sherry Levitin, who's the author, best-selling author of Heart and Sell. She's also one of LinkedIn's top, top 10 influencers in the world. You want to learn how to become a bigger influencer and how to get real influence? Look, she's my age. She's a millennial. Am I a millennial? No, she's a baby boomer. And she's a top 10 influencer. How is that possible? Dr. Della Toro had just received his um, CPAE legend, speaker legend award. He is one of the most um, motivational, inspirational speakers on living your best life that you will ever hear. And he talks about presentation skills and how to, how to create better presentations. And then you're going to see a something never seen on stage before with Matt Warner. Matt Warner it just retired as the senior leader of SEAL Team 6. Now, I want you to think about what SEAL Team 6 has been involved in the last 20 years. Osama bin Laden, Captain Phillips, the, uh, the Benghazi situation, uh, everything going on over in Iraq, all kinds of situations. We're going to have a sit-down, one-on-one conversation about what it really means to be a leader. How do you really develop leaders? How do you come ready and prepared when you're with the um, with a tier one, uh, with with the tip of the spear, where every single one of your missions is on Overwatch at the Pentagon? Matt's going to uh, share not just on the main stage, but also with our team leaders, uh, some incredible stories, and journeys of uh, what fits into our theme of greatest of all teams. I encourage you to be there. Um, transform your real estate team. Be at leverage. We do team games on day one. Our speakers and presenters are all master coaches or master presenters. Here's what I'd like to give you from being here today. Just from being here today, I'd like to give you a cup of prompt engineering for real estate. There's certain ways to ask questions when you're using artificial intelligence that will make it easier for you to get better. So we've written a whole bunch of prompts in, in the way to prompt chat GPT so that you can get better responses. I'm going to give you the um, interest rate offset program. 
And then our writing team, which we are, uh, they're so fun and creative. They've created how to use artificial intelligence to make your life easier around the house. And so what are the things you can do around the house that will make your life easier? So we've created artificial intelligence around the house. And I just want to say thank you all for being here. And I'm going to open up the last couple of minutes we have to any kind of Q&A and encourage you to be part of it. Remember that artificial intelligence without emotional intelligence is, is put your business at risk. So incorporate both. Use messaging and plug into systems and resources and people that will give you those those tools and resources. And I hope that you've gained some of that uh, while you're with me today. I'm going to come and stop my share for just a minute. And I'm going to hit escape so I can see all your smiling faces. Oh, my gosh. We don't have much time left. All right. Does anybody have any questions or, or concerns or things you would like me to talk about that I didn't get to address while we were chatting today? Um, April, put in the get your free resources in the chat box. And you can raise your hand. I can't see you all. Jason, nice to see you. Don, you had your hand raised early. I didn't get to say hello to you. There's your wave with it. Just to raise your hand to say hi. <laughs> hope things are hope things are well with you in Texas. Yeah, Kirk, anything I, I left I out the, you uh, want to share? Go ahead. Go ahead, Jason. I had the video off when my mother's moving and we had to be in the house today. So I, I turned it off to be less distracting for everybody else. But uh, we've been, I've been listening to you and we'll listen to this recorded message. And uh, we're, um, we're, we're, we're going to be signing up for coaching here. And uh, so we're just excited about that and um, looking forward to it. Well, welcome to the family. You have a, you have an amazing group of people that you're going to be introduced to that become part of your new family. And there's no challenge or no problem that can happen in real estate that we don't have someone that's gone through it before that will share with you. So uh, welcome aboard and get on it. Because, uh, it's thank you very fast. much. All right. All right. Everybody, thank you for being here today. I appreciate your energy and enthusiasm and being part of the group. I uh, will look forward to visiting with you. If you're uh, tired of sitting on the sidelines, you're ready to get a coach, just type in the box right there. Somebody call me and we'll get a hold of you and we'll see if we can get you reengaged. Um, from all of us at Workman Success System, Kirk, thank you for being here. Thanks for participating. We'll see you all at Leverage. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>